All right, I want to welcome on my next guest. We've got Tommy Tran, anchor at CBS Sports HQ. Tommy has everything going. How's, how's Florida these days? Did they do on their good, good behavior? Yeah, we're doing our best. Obviously, Florida is a punchline for social media and people, but we've been open before everyone else. We've been relatively safe as much as possible. So wearing masks is still a must, but we are lucky enough to have places where you can dine in and obviously just getting ready for hopefully an NFL season. Uh, that would be certainly big for, for all of us in the industry, that's for sure. Absolutely. So are you, are you cautiously optimistic, or what are your thoughts? Because we're recording this on Tuesday, about a week, a little over a week from the Thursday night kickoff. Are you, what are your thoughts? I am. I'm optimistic that the season will get together. I think you know the NFL has had the luxury of having time on its side throughout this whole process different than college football of, of having sort of a, a unified front as opposed to having multiple conferences decide what they want to do different regions. The only thing that does give me a little bit of pause is, you know, going from team from team, state to state is, is different. Even if you have a unified front like the NFL, we saw that with major league baseball, at least early on, I think baseball's done a good job of mitigating some of those issues that they face the first two weeks of the season. But the problem is without a vaccine, obviously, then you can't stop it. But the problem is you can't shut down either. So I worry about football with the amount of contact that's happening, the amount of players, which is more than any other team in any other sports league. So that is something where you think you would have to have some type of contingency place uh, if someone tests positive and what you have to do from there. Yeah, and speaking of the vaccine, I just saw that apparently the current administration just said they don't want to be a part of the uh, World, Health, World Health Organization's kind of communal vaccine to whoever gets it first, they'll distribute it equally. So hopefully ours works, because if it works, if, if France's works, that's good for France. So, yeah, it's very interesting how everything's I, – I like that they have these new the saliva tests. As long as that they're accurate, they're cheap, and they, they could maybe – uh, protect more people since it's much more accessible and you don't have to wait a week to get a result. Yeah, maybe that'll be better too. I mean, the, the face shield thing, uh, face guard thing, I think it's yeah. just tough for football players to get. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I don't think I've seen any of the players wearing the extra little shield. I don't think they, they just... No, I've only saw like I think the first couple of days and, and yeah. not see everyone's kind of making fun of it. So safety is one thing, but but it, does it work? Is it comfortable? And will guys be able to wear it and perform the way that they're used to? I think that's going to be a big challenge. Have you been catching up with Hard Knocks? What have been your thoughts on the season? It's a very interesting you know, season. You know what? I, I've actually been a big Hard Knocks guy, but for some reason this year, I don't know if it's because of COVID-19, I only watched like the first half of the first episode. So you're I'm not missing anything. You're not missing Chargers anything. Rams. Am I missing anything there? <laughs> no, you're missing tests. We've seen Sean McVay's house. We've seen Anthony Lindsay's got like four grills. I don't know what he needs four grills for. Right. Um, uh, Chris Harris's house, more tests. I'm sure logistically it makes it easier because they can stay in LA. They could cover two teams, but I, I just haven't had a chance, and I, and I didn't even know what I really would be missing because it's obviously a different type of gig this year than it has been in years past. Yeah, it's different this year, but I think Hard Knocks lost a lot of kind of like its its core when they stopped doing the weekly cuts. When they just then he's like, all right, all I care about is the fifth episode because like I'm gonna know. Yeah, but it's 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 wild. I, I honestly I don't think they're gonna do it. So I'm surprised that they did do it. But. It was the same way. I didn't think they were going to do it. Maybe they already pre-shot some of the things that they were going to try to yeah. do. Granted, you give it a shot, see what works, see what doesn't. Obviously, everything's been different now. I've got a yeah. new one, but I, I haven't. And you know, the funny thing is, I obviously work at a sports network. 
very few of my coworkers have really brought up, hey, you got to watch Hard Knock. Some of them said, oh, I caught some of, this, some of that. So nothing like, hey, did you see this? As you would in years past about, as you mentioned, guys being caught or, or some good storylines of whatnot haven't really had this year. No, especially I also think it has to do with other sports going on because normally they have the luxury if it's just baseball. And when they're airing at 10 o'clock, at least Eastern time, on HBO, most of the baseball games, especially on these coasts, are done with. Now you've got NBA, you've got baseball going on, NBA, some of these sec- the later games that are kind of over uh, – what do you call it? Interfering and kind of meshing with it. And I'm not going to miss a playoff basketball game to watch uh, Melvin Ingram get a COVID test. So that's basically – And I think there's one more element too, which is sort of the water cooler – portion of it. And I think, again, I go into office, our, our staff is minimal essential personnel to put on what we do at HQ, but a lot of people work from home and, and outside of Twitter, maybe Facebook, you don't go into work, said, hey, did you catch hard knocks? You don't talk about it. So that's another thing where if you feel like you missed it, you have would normally have some FOMO, really don't have it this year, I don't think. What have been your thoughts on the bubble in Orlando? I think it's been fantastic and the basketball's been great. It's It's been interesting. And I think they've far exceeded of expectations of what they had planned to do. Now, I have a few friends in the industry that are in there, and I got to see sort of a glimpse of the COVID-19 protocols and testing that they have to do, which in turn the players and their families have to do. It's it's crazy. It is extensive. It is strict. And you can see why, though, it works. And all the negative tests or or non-negative tests that they've been able to have. Now, in terms of the basketball, I think it's been fun to watch these guys play it. It's been a nice, as a fan and someone in the media, a March Madness feel to it. Cause yeah. Teams, you know, throughout the afternoon and the latest one starts at 9 p.m. Eastern, which is good for me because I work early in the morning and, and have to stay up not as late as I used to. So, you know, that's been good. I think the only thing that worries me too is obviously no home court advantage. Yep. Will that come into play so far? I don't think that's really been an issue. I think the best team so far have moved on. And I think that'll continue to be, it'll just be like, for instance, you know, if you get L.A., L.A. different with Staples. But, for instance, if the Bucks, which already down a game to the Miami, what we're taping right now, then what atmosphere would that be like if Miami stole a game? Or maybe they don't get a game if they're traditionally that Pfizer, uh, you know, up there in Milwaukee. So that's a, a small element of that. But other than that, I think the basketball has been great. We've been great performances, and it's been fun to watch. Do you, how far do you think this Heat team can go? You know, down here people are optimistic, I think. You know, they've got all the tools and they're peaking at the right time. And I think also right now they're catching Milwaukee at a bad time. And, and outside of Giannis and Middleton, I think. Middleton, Middleton's here nor there. Yeah, I, I, right. Yeah. And, and so that's the thing, right? I think all the momentum that Milwaukee had sort of built is, is coming to play now. And also you just wonder, even after last year's postseason performance, is Milwaukee sort of a team built for just the regular season? And Giannis, while he is an MVP defensive player of the year. Actually, we had this funny, we had this conversation with some of our uh, production guys today. It's like, when's the last time Giannis has taken over in the fourth for really kind of been coming through for Milwaukee? And I, off the top of my head, couldn't really think of it. Now, on the other side, can I say, okay, good, you know, Jimmy Butler had a great game. Does he always come through? No, but the way that he's playing with Dragic and obviously the young guys that they have with Robinson and Tyler Hero, I think right now as a collective team, that's why they've got a one-game advantage and having a lot of people think that perhaps they can pull off the upset, you know? Do you think Bam out of bio got snubbed for most improved player? Boy, you, that's always a tough category because it's, it's, it's so vast, right? So it's like 
I think Snub is, is probably too strong. I think you could have made a case that Bam was going to be there, but, but how can you go against him? I mean, it's such a good year. For New Orleans. How, what do you think? You're shaking your head. You're kind of I taking- mean, like, if, if, if Brandon Ingram misses the season, I still think they finish ninth. Yeah. And Bam, Bam, so, I think. So those are the, the ancillary things that I think, yeah, that you're talking about in terms of, but in terms of the game, yeah. I like Ingram's game a little bit better this year and, and why I would give him a nod. So I, while, if, for instance, if Bam would have won the award, I wouldn't have, you know, put up much of a fight or, or had a big gripe on it. But, you know, those are just some of the things where snub probably for me, a little bit extreme, but I, I certainly hear where you're coming from. So I would be okay if Bam would have gotten it. Do you think, do you think uh, Jaws running away with rookie of the year? Do you think Zion has any chance? He had a shot. I think Zion made a push, but I think him not, for whatever reason, of not getting through at the end, I think it's Jaws to lose, and I think Jaws is going to come away with it. What about, we, the, what about this, the Celtics-Raptors series? Were you surprised to see Boston kind of just hitting, clicking on all cylinders in game one, or do you think the Raptors are just trying to find their, trying to find their bearings? It's interesting. People have been high on Toronto, and I'm not as high on them. I'm much higher on Boston. But I was much higher on Boston when they had Gordon Hayward. You know, Gordon Hayward, obviously not the elite player, maybe not even the best number two guy on the team right now, but I think his versatility would have come through, maybe not even in this series, but down the road if they're trying to contend. But with Jason Tatum and, and Brown right there, I think they're, they're also another team that you could see maybe Miami and Boston yeah. in the conference finals. And, and before the postseason started, you know, we're big on gambling and fantasy at HQ, and, and I really like Boston's chances – in terms of value uh, to get to the NBA finals, I wouldn't have bet them to win, but certainly to get out of the East, I thought it was a good shot for them. And I think they had the same odds as Toronto. So for me, I like Boston more. You know, we had Annis Cantor on our program too, just talking about how they were sort of ready for the bubble. A lot of young guys, not too many family guys. So they could really kind of just get into it with uh, Brad Stevens and, and come in. And so far, I think they've shown uh, exactly what a lot of people thought they would do. So right now we're recording before Game Seven of the Thunder and the Rockets. Are you surprised this Thunder t- Chris Paul has willed this team this far? Is that surprising to you this season, or do you think they're going to do all right? He surprised me this season, but I think what we're seeing in the postseason is just a continuation of that. So not my surprise now. No, but was I surprised? Obviously, when he gets to OKC, yeah, I don't think anybody really gave him a shot. But I think. They, you know, St. Patrick's done a really good job. I know he gets sometimes, it's weird. Tim Presti kind of has like some truthers behind him. It certainly says he's, he's done a magical job, you know, maneuvering the player personnel and the roster composition that they've had to do. But then you have guys on the other side that says that he's mismanaged it all the way back to obviously with Harden. But like, what do you do when you're a market like OKC? And I think, you know, when you want a star like Paul George and really want to be there anymore after he said he was going to be there, they just got some really good pieces with, you know, with, with Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Stephen Adams has always been a piece for them. I think that's been nice to see it. And it's interesting. I think Houston, everybody thought was another team on the rise playing good defense in the bubble. We haven't really seen too much defense going on and, and game seven is going to be interesting. That and the, that and the Utah Denver series has been yeah. by far the two best so far. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I still think for the OKC Houston series, if it's a game seven goes into double overtime and just keeps going into overtime and they needed a way to settle up uh, to settle it. I think Steven Adams versus Tyson Chandler in like a cage match would be the fight of the year. Dana White couldn't get. So <laughs> I think that's a fair fight. I don't know. But, yeah. Put them on, put them on a fight Island. Yeah. 
Yeah, throw them out there Game of Thrones style too. Yeah, so they can they can throw go to out, Ep- out there with Chandler. I think that would work. Yeah, they can go to Epcot. Um, no, yeah, <laughs> no. And then for that uh, Denver series, are, are you are you sold on Jamal Murray yet? Because I still think he's a kind of like all or nothing kind of guy. No, I'm I'm there with you. Right now he's all right. Yeah. Now he's been, he's been balling out. I think that's the big thing where you watch Denver. I think. The fun thing is sort of watching him evolve and be the guy. Now, how sustainable is that? 50, 42, 50 type thing? I don't know forever. There's got to be times where it's got to be Nikola Jokic's team, right? I think, but the nice way that Malone's been able to sort of make some adjustments, uh, again, you're going to hear a lot of gambling references, and, and I apologize if you're going to have too many here. But, the, you know, we're partnered up with William Hill, and the Nuggets, maybe it was more of a fade on Utah, but the Nuggets were – Minus 300 to 320 to win the series. And I laid that down because we've got one of our analysts, a good friend of mine, who said, hey, there's no way Denver's losing the series. Now, they may not sweep. They may not get down in five, but this Utah team's not good. Remember, they didn't have Mike Conley to start. Donna Mitchell's the only piece that they have who's going to help them out. And lo and behold, I'm sweating right now because it's a coin flip, but I feel better now than I did, you know, in games two, three, and four because Utah really handed it to them and what Donna Mitchell's been doing. Back to your point about Murray, though. Need to see not only whatever he does in game seven. Look, he may only score in the teens. He may disappear. He may ball out again. You need to see it. It'll be interesting to see how it goes next year because Denver is a top team. They're a lot like Portland. Again, great regular seasons, top three, top four. And then is it a gradual thing where they're building upon postseason success? Or once again, are they a regular season 50 plus win team? And then you get to the postseason. And you have two of the top players in the league where Jamal Murray's still only 23 years old. Can he do it? He still has room to grow. He still has time to grow. Do you think either of those teams has a shot at beating the Clippers? Denver, I say, only because overall I think they have a little bit more firepower. Maybe you get a little more from Michael Porter Jr. that can come up. But I don't think um, either of those two teams are going to give the Clippers very many fits. Interesting. So right now, with the second round, almost every team playing in the second round, who's your finals uh, prediction? So thinking about it right now, I like Boston. I think Boston's going to get to the finals. And it's going to be between the two L.A. teams. Oh, man. I, I want to say the Clippers – for the same reasons I, I think I've mentioned with just team composition, I think the Clippers are better suited. But, you know, Paul George is another question mark, talking about guys that haven't showed up, has for one game. But when he's going to be a guy that you think is a max player, top 15 type guy in the league, I don't know if Kawhi is going to be enough. But on the flip side, I worry about the Lakers shooting and, and Danny Green is going to be showing up all the time. And where are they going to get that third element from? So you're asking me today – I'm going to say Clippers and Celtics in the finals. Works for me, but we'll see how Boston does. And so flipping over to football, since I know you've been bringing up the uh, betting, the only week really this year I'm most confident in betting on an NFL game is week one because we know that everybody so far is going to play. Are there any, any, any spreads you've been seeing that you're liking? Any kind of anything you've been seeing so far is not, is not everything out yet? I haven't dived into the week one. They're, they're, they're out there, but I haven't dived into the week one uh, odds yet in terms of spreads. Still getting more into sort of divisional races and, and odds to do those. So for me, you know, I think in terms of value picks, I think Miami's got a good shot in the AFC East with obviously Buffalo and New England going to be jockeying for the betting favorite. That's a division to look out for. And then also when you look at 
Uh, for me, the NFC North is going to be crazy because I think, you know, the Packers, the Vikings, I really like Minnesota and what they've done. So depending on where you shop around, might still not be too expensive to get Minnesota right now, but I, I'd really like their chances uh, in that division, some of those future bets. Interesting. It's, yeah, it's, it's, are, you, are you excited for fantasy this year or is it kind of just different? No, I, uh, I don't know. I'm still excited. I'm in multiple leagues. Really? Last year I had, this is, this is exactly, this is going to be the kiss of death because last year I've been playing fantasy for, you know, my entire adult life, probably 20, 20 ish years now. Last year was my banner year. I'll never be able to top last year. I was in five leagues and I won four out of five of them. Really? I'm, I won an auction league, which now we call a salary draft league, right? Salary cap, salary draft. There's new verbiage for that. Uh, I won my Pick'em League, which was the big money one because there was like 30 people at $100 buy-in. And then I won two other sort of standard format leagues. Um, so this year, I'm not in as many. I'm only in three. Uh, check that. I am going to be, oh, an IDP league. I won my IDP league. which I Really? Who did you have? Last year, too. So I played it on, on um, who did I have? Like defense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was pointed out where I had like, I, I drafted more pass rushers. Actually, it's funny. I had, I had Yannick Ngakwe. <laughs> for a while um i also had you know cj mosley i've had for a little bit then he got hurt so i'm trying to think right now what i had but yeah it was the first year that i ever played idp and i won so anyway so now this year uh, i'm doing the idp again i'm also doing uh, a super flex league for the first time and the only other one that i haven't done right now is i'm doing a slow draft so the four hour clock so that's that's really that sounds horrible yeah, it's it's a little bit tedious. Uh, it's a little bit time sensitive, uh, intensive, and labor. All right, I got my league now. So I had Terrell Edmonds, Eric Kendricks, uh, Bates, Simmons, Allen, and Eric Armstead. So that was my my IDP guys that I had that I won with the league last year. So. Four hour draft. How long do you have for pick? Uh, so no, so so it's a it's a multiple day draft with a four hour clock. Sorry. Oh so, my god. So. And it caps at it caps at nine PM Eastern. So then, if you're that guy, you have all night to go do it. So, yeah, I got pick eleven. So thankfully, my, my picks are within reach. So I can yeah. just kind of double up, and then it's another day and a half before I'm picking. So we're we're in like eight, round eight, round nine right now. So just kind of uh, enduring that, and it's yeah. been fun. it's different. I don't know uh, how much I'd like to do that again, but <laughs> certainly something to I've never heard of that. Yeah, I think, I think it works for guys that can't – obviously, when, you know, if you've got buddies at home, you yeah. put together the one draft. I miss it back in California. I live in Florida now for two years, but me and my old buddies used to do a live. Like, we used to do a live draft. I won league one year, couldn't make the draft in person the next year, so they kicked me out. So they kicked me out, and I, I got to respect the rules. I, I enjoy that. I got to respect the rules, old school, buy the kit, you know, have the names, put up the stickers. So this is one, I think, that's built, you know, for the guys that uh, – can't always get to it. Maybe you've got the family and stuff. So yeah. you get the email alert. Hey, your pick's up. Four hours. How about it? Yeah, the one the ones I've been doing is just like since everybody's all over the place, you got to do – just have one person will just pick the names randomly out of a hat and send a video to the whole group. But you don't know if that's the first video. And the thing right. is, like, if you pick yourself first, some people will just say, oh, I got first pick. But the rest of the people will be like, how would you get first pick? Then you got to do it twice, and you kind of jinx yourself. And I'm like, this kind of sucks. So yeah, it's 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 weird. It's different. Are you are you doing extended rosters in your or added IR spots in any of your leagues, or just regular? So one, there is one league which was our salary cap league. It was interesting because it, it fluctuated right before our draft. We were talking about, hey, what do we do? So I think we ended up we ended up doing two flex spots, and then I think there was six 
six or seven roster spots. It was even debated at eight, which I think was going to be too many. Uh, we think we settled on six. We added a flex, and so that was something to take in consideration with all the injuries and COVID IRs and things like that. I also play fantasy baseball, and that one's been tough. That one is <laughs> – I – it's – it's you know, and, and I don't know if you play – people have, right? Like baseball is the most intensive one, especially the non-weekly lineups that one every single day. Plus, my, my commissioner's heart, great guy, into it. He set up these extra protocols and, and COVID rosters and extra ILs, but – I already, I'm starting like three guys on the IL. I just, I don't, I can't, can't maneuver the rosters fast enough. And we only get three spots a week. And so uh, there's no surprise I'm in last place. And I definitely am not winning that league. But, but kudos to anyone playing the baseball version of fantasy this year because it has been just unbelievably tough. Now that you're going to say they added like eight extra roster spots to the league where you get like three days to pick and then it's, it's going into, <laughs> it's going into <laughs> October. October yeah, yeah. That player pool. Jesus yeah by week three everybody will have their team set right. yeah no that sounds wild no, it's just interesting now, but the year. one thing too going back to that slow draft though is, which is kind of interesting is is you do have a little bit of time when news breaks depending on when you draft like right now we're three four days in you know someone took Leonard Fournette in our third round which was probably a little bit early but for instance if you didn't pick yet you were going to pick maybe pick him fourth fifth round that news comes out and changes your entire dynamic um, with him. So, you know, in that, in that case, sometimes that slow draft process can be a little bit beneficial. Yeah, I have some advice for um, the Jacksonville Jaguars. If they want to take it, I don't think they will take it, but it'd be good for the fan base is if Leonard Fournette's older brother or younger brother, I don't remember his name is Leonard. It's very similar. Also played uh, running back at LSU. And I don't think he's at a roster right now. You bring him in, fans can keep their jerseys, don't have to buy a new Jersey, kind of recoil some, uh, get, get, kind of get a little bit of a, uh, continuity with the fan base and people don't have to go buy Ryquell Armstead jerseys. So I don't know if people are already planning to buy Ryquell Armstead jerseys, but going from Leonard to Leonard's not that much of a drop off. No, you can get that there. You can work it out. I, I watched some guy. Uh, it was a video of a guy and he had a closet full of Jaguar jerseys. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. All the dudes from the AFC title games are like Bortles, Robinson. Yeah. All done. See you later. No. Now I, I I have such Bandy. bad luck. Yeah, yeah. I, I have such bad luck buying jerseys. I bought an RG three jersey the year after you did really well, and then I bought a Jordan <laughs> Reed jersey the year after he did well, and then can't wear either of those. And then now they change the names. So I can't even wear them regardless. So it, it's 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 wild. No, it's 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 jerseys. I feel like the 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 teams that allow you to swap them. If the guys, what is I think the NBA does it like if it's, if they within three months if they get traded, you can trade oh, it yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so yeah with Washington, it's, a good it's good business. Yeah, yeah, sure. it's, yeah, definitely. Is there is there one team this year for NFL that you're think that nobody's talking about? Oh man, no one's talking about. Hmm. We talk about them a lot just because that's what we do. Twenty four hour sports network. We've kind of done breakdowns of every team. I can tell you probably the ones we talked about too much are right here. The dolphins. I think there's a lot of hype that they're sort of this year's Cleveland Browns with Brian Flores is doing to a, when is he going to see the field? When is he going to take over Fitzpatrick? What are they going to do running back? You know, is Preston Williams due for a bounce back year? You know, so there's a lot of intrigue with, with the dolphins and the way they ended last year, the way they were able to draft and, and seeing what they're doing. So, you know, a little bit, and I mentioned value early with the Dolphins. I think more and more, maybe there's less value with public perception saying, you know, depending on what the Patriots do, the Bills do, I think the Bills are still, I think, the class of that division right now, building upon last year's postseason appearance. Everyone said you can't count out Bill Belichick. I, for one, would never want to bet against him. I just think there's a lot going on against them, the player opt-outs, the amount of player opt-outs. 
And even with Cam Newton, if, if him and Josh McDaniels can work wonders, I think it'll be interesting how that works. I actually took Julian Edelman in, in one of my drafts, and I think he's a solid wide receiver three with some ups to maybe get up there. But how is he going to work? Cam's ever been – I don't think he's ever been really great with a slot guy. So, you know, that'll be interesting to see how that offense comes in shape and, and what Cam – we anticipate Cam, right? I don't think it's going to be Stidham, but what Cam can do, either one, um, be able to do there. And that defense not the same. So I'm a little bit uh, fading New England just, just a tad bit, but uh, I'll probably be wrong in three months. <laughs> do, you think, do you think they gave him his playbook and that font he likes? What's that? You think they gave him his playbook and that font he likes? Oh, I, that – what do you – how do you even change that? Like, I mean, I'm reading it's one thing. I, I have no right. idea. No, and then and – then, and, then, so, yeah, and then I look Stidham, dark mode on Twitter and I'm just yeah. like – Yeah, and then Stidham loses his and Cam goes, here is mine. And he goes, what the yeah. hell is this? No, yeah. It's like the Matrix. It yeah, no, it's, it's going to be interesting. Code. Yeah, but yeah. I, you can't count up Bill Belichick. I don't know if you saw that Subway commercial that uh, – I don't know if it's real. Did you see that new Subway commercial that he was in today? Which one? Bill, Bill Belichick, like, uh, but the guy, uh, you check it out. You'll, you'll, you'll see okay. it's all over, it's all over Twitter. But yeah, but that's yeah. really all the questions I really had for you. And then for people that aren't following you on social media, how can they find you? Yeah, it's really simple. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at TV. Same thing with Instagram. Not really on Facebook, but, you know, we're just doing some things at HQ. Been around for a little over two and a half years. But awesome. different than – Maybe some of the other networks is we're straight sports, on-the-field stuff, fantasy, gambling. And the best part is, you know, we're free. Uh, all you need is a internet connection or if you have, you know, an OTT with Apple TV, Roku, stuff like that, look up CBS Sports HQ. And we're, we're putting out great content. Just got Champions League with soccer. So cool. Soccer shop now, which has uh, been fun for us to do. So, you know, those are the things that if you check us out, we're doing every day. What's the latest somebody's ever texted you saying, hey, I'm watching you right now on, on HQ? So, so it's interesting. Well, I work morning. So my shift generally is eight in the morning till about noon. And so most of my friends and family, which are back on the West coast in California, most of them, other than my mom, don't really watch it. The nice part is I'll tell you this. The nice part about us being a digital network. One of the models that we do is, is for instance, if I do a segment, uh, let's just say I do a segment on the Las Vegas Raiders. Right. And, And it's about, you know, Derek Carr, bounce back year, how is he going to do? Or Darren Waller, is he going to be another top three or four fantasy tight end? When we do the segment, it gets chopped up on video on demand and it gets put and categorized into the Waller category, the Raiders category, so that if you're a Raider fan anywhere, you know, if there's a link, whether it's a fantasy article, a Raiders article, that video gets embedded, which is kind of cool. So I actually get more text messages, hey, I saw you pop up on while I was watching, you know, CBSports.com. A little bit more sometimes in HQ just because nobody's up at 5 a.m. other than my mom watching me. So. <laughs> no, no, my hot take for the Raiders that I haven't heard anywhere else is if Carr goes down, then Mariota goes down, and Peterman doesn't excel, Randall Cunningham's going to get some action. So I can't Oh, you think so? You know what's right there, right? It's easy for him being a, being yeah. a role out there. He, he's, he's, funny. He, he's still mobile. I guarantee he could, out, he could, uh, he could beat Derek Carr in a 40. It's a big year. I know I've probably said it for a couple of years now. I, I covered Derek Carr at Fresno State. And then when we took the Raiders, so I was, I was in that area and then in that market before I got to HQ. And, you know, there's always this talk. A little bit more of a, let's just say, uh, seemingly with Derek Carr, a little bit more of an, an FU attitude, sort of a, a chip on his shoulder, which he's always had. But I think this year he's come out and, and said some things and really wants to get off on the right foot. And I think the tough thing is that division, right? That's a division that's going to be interesting with obviously the Chiefs 
who knows what the Broncos would do, Chargers as well. So it really could be a year where the Raiders do take that next step, get to maybe 10 wins. Um, you know, they're not going to face that crazy road schedule that they've had, the NFL doing them no favors. They're not home for two months, that kind of thing. So be a big year for him, seeing if he can uh, improve and maybe do some of those big plays down the field and, and use some of the weapons that they got, you know? Yeah, Henry Ruggs, you got Waller bringing in Jason Witten. Don't know why, but I think Tyrell Williams, they said some. I think they said something was bugging him, but they, Henry, uh, what's his name? Hunter Renfro, 46 years old. Yeah, I think second. Renfro might be a, a bit yeah. of a stick or two in fantasy if you get a yeah. round pick, you know? He, he, has had, he had more NCAA eligibility than any other player ever. So, oh my gosh, he, he was in there. It's seemingly like pre Dabo Sweeney. It seemed like it was like yeah. he's been in every championship game that decade. It seemed yeah. like no, it, it's, so it's incredible. Weird. Yeah, I think he was there for like nine years, but yeah. it, 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 it's incredible. Yeah, but this has been a lot of fun, man. Just wanted to thank you again for chatting for a few minutes, but this has been great. I can't wait for football to start back up. Uh, I can't watch any more Korean baseball. I don't even know it's still on. Oh, see, that's another thing. That's another thing that I get to be one of the few things when I get. Oh, because you can watch it. Four, four or five a.m. KBO is going, and but you know we were showing KBO highlights like April-ish because nothing else was going on. So we were actually, I could give you, I could give you a real big like dinos and Doosan Bears action. Great mascot. I love their mascot. Yeah, I haven't been keeping up lately, but yes, those are some of the things when you get yeah. in after watching some live sports. Yeah, now I was trying to, I was trying to get like a t-shirt, but like they're not shipping internationally <laughs> during a pandemic, and I'm surprised. Like see, that's the kind of thing. I, that's the kind of league I can see like Coles selling Korean baseball. Yeah, games. Coles would have it. It's like the old school, like Ross and Marshalls, and you <laughs> yeah. get some of the leftover. Parents. Yeah, and like oh yeah, let's grab some of this. Yeah, one. no, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, but with everything going back on, it's great. I haven't really been getting too much baseball. I don't know if it's because of all the negotiations or a little bit of everything. It's just a shortened season. Nats aren't doing well. But I, I think you know, once it starts picking up, once everything starts going, it'll start to feel a little bit more normal than it has since March. But yeah, twenty twenty is weird. March yeah. would be in the playoffs. Padres are making pushes. Trade deadline. The Orioles. The Orioles. It is. The or- yeah. Orioles. That was my preseason uh, bold prediction because the Orioles are only used to winning forty games a year. This is right. their year. So yeah, it, it, it's wild. It's wild. But this has been a lot of fun, man. And then so and then, how can people find you on the CBS Sports HQ app? Yep, so we're, we're free on the app, so most people, I'm sure, it's funny, most people, I think, have the app on their phone but don't realize we have a sort of HQ tab or video tab that you can watch it. So, again, it's within the app. Just check out HQ, or if you've got OTT, you know, Apple TV, Roku right there, just download it. Again, it's all free. All-